On this episode of the Packet of Pod, we look back at the first half and ahead to the Jaguars. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod and our website, PackersPodcast.com. Third down and seven. Rodgers backs up. Throws. Adams, touchdown, Green Bay. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Hello. Hey, hey. We are officially at the halfway point in the season, which, frankly, I think this season has lasted longer than most. It just feels like it's gone by quick, but then at the same time being like, damn, we're only halfway. We are 6-2. and two. None of us would have said uh, we would have that record. We also probably would have changed around who we won and who we lost to. So let's kind of review this first half and give us your thoughts on who's really stood out, who's been a dud, and how you think the second half will go. You know, who stood out? I mean, it's it's the three, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, what these three have done, and Aaron Jones has been hurt, but and you could throw Jamal Williams while Aaron Jones was out. Um, but what they have done with these three on offense is just amazing because everyone knows the ball's going to them, um, and yet we still pull it off every game. Um, it, their talent is through the roof. Um, I'm excited to have them. I hope we re-sign Aaron Jones. Uh, but, yeah, that that. That's my takeaway. Yeah, I I don't disagree, so I'll just add Jair Alexander has proven he is a top cornerback in the league and now is week in, week out showing it. And uh, Bobby Tanya, we all wanted him to be our number one, but weren't quite sure how that was going to flush out. Maybe Mercedes Lewis would get more snaps. Tanya's shown that he's really the weapon at tight end right now. And then how about the offensive line, Elton Jenkins? This guy in his second year has played a thousand some ad snaps and has allowed something like two pressures. Just so consistent. I mean, we're looking at a 10 year career for that guy as a starter at any position. (laughs) He's got the flexibility to play them all at this point. Yeah. And I look at that whole offensive line because I think we might have one of the best centers in the game. The fact Mm -hmm. that we've gone, we're, we're heading into week 10 and every single week we've had a shuffle that Jenkins, uh, you know, has played different places. We've had uh, Turner at Wagner. random places. Wag- like it's been one of those things that Lucas it was a, a rough game against Tampa, but other than that, they've been ridiculous. I, I think that Rodgers has, on average, been sacked like 0. .6 times a game. Like that's unheard of for a, a, an offensive line. That if you would have said coming into the season that it was going to be a shuffle every single time, but to have arguably at least a top three to five quarterback, especially how he's playing this year, uh, a top three wide receiver. The backfield is is probably top five. And then you have probably top one in terms of multiple O-line and then Jair. It's, it's, it's crazy that we've gotten to this point where the offense has definitely been the MVP this season because by no means <laughs> I think they're going to put up this many points. So I'll lead right into our, our duds of the year. I mean <laughs> – I I just think it's harsh it's harsh to say this uh, this outside linebacker crew because Zaire Darius has seven sacks and he has these moments where he showed last year 
and I know we've picked on Preston, we've picked on Gary, who's been close but still hasn't made that jump. The secondary, I, it's just, I don't know, maybe do we just keep riding with Pettin has been the dud of this year, that you have quality, but it's just not putting him in the right positions. But it's just, other than that, maybe the fact that we we don't have a number two, and Lazard was kind of getting there, but the fact we're now in week 10 and we officially do not have a number two receiver again this year is just, it's disappointing. Disappointing. Hey, before we pick on Zadarius, uh, congratulations on the birth of his son. He missed practice hey, 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 uh, <laughs> for that, so I had a good week. I, I think, I mean, least valuable or most disappointing, as we're stating it, um, should really be Preston Smith. Uh, that's the obvious choice. I think you can jump back into the secondary and, you know, up until last week, wonder what was going on with Darnell Savage. He seems to be flying around. He's everywhere without making a play, and we expected more from that position. Um, man, MVS, EQ, Darius Shepard, Beagleton, all these guys we were hoping to give us, you know, two catches a game for 15 yards. Can't even give us that. That's a disappointing spot. But overall, Lazard's back practicing. Uh, Kirksey could be back any moment. Bakhtiari's back practicing. Might not be playing yet, but um, – I'm excited for the run in the second half. I think we got a schedule that sort of just projects to us a, a solid playoff position, probably not a bye week. Um, and then let's let's make a run. Let's get lucky and, and do the darn thing. Yeah, like you said, uh, Preston Smith is easily the the worst of the bunch. Um, and I, I just don't understand what they're trying to do with him this year. He doesn't he doesn't look the same. I know there's been a bunch of articles coming out saying that. They're doing the same thing with him, um, but it, it, it just does it, it doesn't have the same vibe as last year. They don't they don't have the same amount of energy. You know, the Smith brothers, it, it's coming. The energy is coming from different places this year. Um, and I want it to rejuvenate back to the Smith brothers and see if they can get their jive going again. Is it good that Kevin King and Preston Smith have the same amount of tackles? <laughs> oh, oh, huh? <laughs> Oh, I don't know who I'm more sad for. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a few. I was looking uh, up the stats and a few things I want to throw out there. A little quiz, a little pick or choose. Uh, so we'll start here, actually, with the defense. How many Packers have two or more sacks? Ooh. Um, I, I'd say three. Sorry, I was on mute. Um, one. <laughs> it's two. Zedarius so oh. with seven and then Kiki with two. Everybody else. Gary's close with the second half. And then we have six people with one and that's it. Like, Gary only has oh, one? One and a half. One and a half. Oh. He's close. close. <laughs> yeah. So here's another one that I thought was interesting. Uh, who leads in receiving yards? MVS or Tanyan? Devante. Oh. <laughs> I, uh, I'd say MVS because of the bombs. I feel like you wouldn't ask the question if it wasn't Tanya. I'll go Tanya. It was a trick question. They're tied. At three. Whoa. Ooh. So, again, going back to the – you have Devontae at 675 yards, and that's with only playing really like five-and-a-half-ish games and then a mm-hmm. drop-off to – uh, a tight end and MVS, who we th- said last podcast was floating around a uh, wide receiver three and a half. So 
Oh, right on cue. Uh, The Jaguars have two receivers that we could have drafted. Yeah, well, no, damn it. (laughs) But but it's just interesting even looking at uh, who out of the uh, running back crew, who has the best average per carry? Per carry? Per catch? Carry. Carry? I'd say uh, uh, Jamal Adams. Jamal Williams. Jamal Adams. <laughs> I always do that. Jamal Williams. <laughs> uh, AJ Dillon. It is Tyler Irvin. <laughs> oh, whoa! Oh, you gotta yeah, have what like is a, it? Rick, uh, 5.6. You got to have like oh. a minimum carry count that he doesn't meet yet. What is that? On like six carries? 12. 12 attempts. Okay. He had eight versus the JV 49 yeah. squad. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's move over to this Jacksonville game. Uh, I think we feel good thus far uh, and just hope it continues. Luckily, we we talked about us going on, quote, unquote, knock on wood, an easier stretch, and we hope the Bears would fall. And thankfully they have with this kind of murderer's row that they've gone through. Jacksonville and the Packers have only played each other six times. And the last time was a 27 to 23 win in Jacksonville for the Packers back in 2016 uh jacksonville got off to a solid start winning their first game and then boom, 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 boom. and it's disappointing for them because they outside of the jets are the worst team in the nfl they have the most negative points against average but yet their strength of schedule is the fourth easiest so <laughs> the fact that they are doing what they're doing playing other teams that aren't good. Oh boy. Uh, they, with that, they're one in seven, but their remaining eight teams, only one has a losing record and it's, <laughs> and it's the Vikings who are starting to play like a winning team. They are so screwed. Tank for Trevor. One in 15. Uh, here we come. Which speaking of Trevor, uh, Jake Luden, Ludden, it doesn't freaking matter. Is their quarterback, even though he played all right, he definitely started off hot. I think I Dan texted us, and I also had another friend going, is this for real? Are they going to make a comeback? Uh, Menchu is healthy, but now he's benched. Uh, James Robinson is a quality back. Um, he's taking care of business. And DJ Clark Jr. Shark. <sighs> DJ Shark. Dun, 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 dun. DJ Shark. 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 Dun, 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 dun. Is, uh is also just playing out of his mind, especially as of late. So how do we feel about our defense playing against a team that has quality up and down, but just hasn't quite put it together? Let's you know, have a day. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, we got to blitz. We got to show blitz and then pull it back. We got to do zone drops into the lanes for the hot routes. Luton or Luton, he showed that he has an arm. I, I think he had a, a pretty good looking arm. He was he was making some good throws, but the plays he missed were missed reads or he lost his poise due to some pressure. So that's all this defense has to do. And you can do that while your main focus is James Robinson, which is really the the threat here. I think you can match up these receivers one on one. Jair can lock up on Shark. And then, you know, Lavisca Chenault coming back off of injury. Uh, I'm not too concerned about the Keelan Coles and the Gary on Conley's. Um, so I think you you stack the box, you make Luton beat you, and you pressure him as much as you can. So they better get some turnovers here and build off that 49er performance. 
Yeah, like you said, James Robertson is really my only worry. He's averaging 4.4 per carry. Rookie out of Illinois State. How about that, boys? Illinois State representing. Um, but Shark, I'm not too worried about. Um, I, I think uh, Alexander will probably follow him all day or for majority of the day. Um, but I am a little worried about some of these other guys getting open over the middle. Uh, Effort, Conley, uh, the guy I really loved coming out of college, LaVisca Chenault. Um, that, you know, they, they, they're not, they're nothing spectacular, but they can catch and run, uh, you know, if, and if they are given that opportunity, it could, it could create problems, um, just because we're not great at tackling. Um, but, uh, overall our defense should have a day. It's, it's like the JV 49ers team all over again, just with a couple mm. better playmakers. Um, so I, I think we should have a day, possibly a turnover again. Can, can I say, uh, uh, let's just yeah. start with one. I, I don't want to set the expectation too high here. Yeah, I, I think that it all comes down to pressuring the quarterback. I, I am a strong believer that more often than not, a quarterback comes into those situations in his first game. People are like, oh, all right, he might be the answer. And it's that second and, or third game that all of a sudden it's just like, oh, OK, this is why why he was drafted late and everything like that. So. Jacksonville gives up the fourth most sacks per game at just over three. So as we were joking about in a sad, sad way, the fact that Packers only have two people with more than two sacks, I think this is a prime opportunity for them to take care of business. Plus, hopefully get a streak going with turnovers. It just seems like there is going to be, similar to last week, there is going to be at least probably two or three balls that are very either poorly thrown or, or deflected in some way. And we have to catch the damn ball. In the NFL, you're not given things like this as easily as last week. And it's still we we found ways of screwing it up. That can't happen this week. I, I would argue that I'm more nervous about Jacksonville than I was of the San Francisco 49ers, especially with who they have gone. Oh, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I do think that this defense needs to come together, and, and I hope that we're we're healthy and ready to go. I know that um, I believe Kamal and Jamal uh, are both cleared to go, so uh, hopefully the COVID is is simmered for the time being, and we can get out there with the healthy crew. I'll put it this way: we're not a fantasy football podcast, but I'm probably picking the Packers in my survivor league, and I picked up the Packers defense in my fantasy league. I've got confidence in this game. It's like a 13-and-a-half-point spread. I I was more nervous with the 49ers coaching staff that they would find a way to keep Mm -hmm. that close enough to to threaten at the end of the game. I'm not so nervous with these guys. They were 1-7 and against the easier half of their schedule. So let's move on to our offense. If we learned anything from the Vikings, it's to not get confident. And here I am. Uh, this defense, uh, is, is giving up points. Uh, and you look at teams like Houston that struggled to get going offensively, took care of business against them. Can we get it going? Assuming that another 10 day stretch now for Jones, who looked pretty damn good for being questionable, uh, and hopefully having Lazard back and Bakhtiari. I, I think we should, I mean, there is some talent on their, their defense, um, their linebackers, Joe Schobert, uh, I wish we would have signed him, um, but uh, Miles Jack, Joe Schobert, great up the middle. I think we'll struggle with the run a little bit. Um, I, they're, they're pretty decent against stopping the run. Um, 
Deshaun Watson had to go wild last last week for Houston to even have it a running game for 50 yards. Um, so I think we'll have a little trouble there, but who's, who's going to stop Adams? Who's going to stop Adams? You just, you just called five yards of carry going wild. <laughs> in the Go wild. <laughs> yeah. I, again, I'm just, I have a hard time finding a reason to get nervous about this game. So this is definitely going to backfire. I, I think, you know, miles Jack, has sort of underperformed expectations and he's back in his natural position off the edge. He's fast, but he hasn't been making the plays, but I expect them to try to use him specifically extensively to apply pressure. And the only way that they can make Rogers make mistakes is apply pressure and try to hold up. You know, this means that they're expecting their corners to hold up in man coverage. So I, I, in that scenario, in really most scenarios, I think Devontae is going to be closer to one of these 10 catches games than he is going to be a, a three catch performance. But there's also like a list of guys on this team that have ties and it goes both ways, right? So we have Alan Lazard and Mercedes Lewis and Nathaniel Hackett and Tyler Irvin, all former Jaguars. They have Joe Schobert, who we wished we had Waukesha product. They have Josh Jones. Hello. Second, <laughs> second leading tackler on their team. So Josh, oh. You respected the defense. He has one tackle less than Joe Schobert. Do you think that's a good sign for the quality of defense? Well, it depends on where he's lining up, Josh Jones. Is he lining up inside more? He's still a defensive back. He's on the field. (laughs) (laughs) He's on the field. I mean, yeah, Jacksonville uh, is is middle-of-the-road run game, but their pass defense is actually one of the worst in the league. There's some rankings that have them kind of looking at all the stats as the worst pass defense. Defense in the league, they're giving up 280 yards per game. So I I don't want this season to turn out like some of the games from like two or three years ago where every single ball seemed forced to Devontae. But as we discussed last episode, I don't know if there's anybody that's hotter in the NFL right now than Devontae. And as soon as somebody stops, but until then, my Lord, let the ball fly. And I really, really hope that Lazard just being an underneath threat even opens it up more uh, than we've seen in the last couple of weeks where he's gone for a bajillion yards. So uh, this game is set up perfectly for the Packers to just be like, look, we'll get the running game going as best as we can because we're just throwing the ball around so damn much. Yeah, I mean, Devonta Adams has been creating, what, two, three yards separation? I mean, almost every single route that he runs. And if he's not creating separation, he's catching it in traffic. I mean, it this guy's unstoppable this year. Don't stop throwing it to him. I normally say let's get other guys involved, but this is a time feed the beast. He's on fire. Let's see what he can do. Ditto. So let's so attention <laughs> to Sunday at Lambeau. Uh, Jaguars coming to town. The the spread, as Dan mentioned, thirteen and a half over under at fifty. How do we feel about this game, and who is our MVP? I'm going to start because I'm the most confident here. I will caveat this with watch out for trick plays from the Jaguars because I think they understand their role in this game. And in watching Packers film, we're about to have a big play against us in special teams. And I just want to call this out now because it may not be the Jaguars that do it, but we got the Bears and the Colts coming up. And this is just going to be one of those moments where the listeners can be like, ooh, they said that was going to happen. 
our kick return coverage is about to spring a leak. We keep letting them have like 10 more yards than you're comfortable with. And in the last game, two punts were almost blocked. So I just feel like we're about to have a very negative special teams play. Maybe not this week, but within the next two, three games for sure. With that said, Packers, Jaguars, they're just two different level teams within the same league right now. I think this game is a blowout. I think it's 38 to 13. I think Rodgers has a another big statistical day, and it's spreading it out to whoever he wants. He probably goes and gets Mercedes Lewis a touchdown just to get a touchdown against the Jaguars. Probably gets Devontae another one or two. Probably gets Aaron Jones one. But I want to see – so I guess I got Rodgers as an MVP. But if you flip it over to defense, Rayshon Gary, bring it home, man. Statistical production. Come on, baby. Let's go. This is a good week to do it. <laughs> You know, you're totally right, Dan, with the special teams. I think that has a lot to do with the injuries also because we've been pulling up a lot of guys that That probably don't know what the heck they're doing. So, But like you said, it has been scary the past three weeks, especially in punt. Um, But, yeah, mine, winner, Packers, obviously. Um, I still think the Jaguars score, but I I think we hold them to 20. Uh, Winner, 34 to 20, Packers. Um, I think our offense controls this game. I think our time of possession is going to be through the roof. Uh, our short passes and run game will succeed. Um, and then the MVP, I am going to go with somebody who's struggling, Darnell Savage. I think he comes up with an interception. Ooh, whoa. Um, and I think he has a, a killer game against a decent wide receiver crew. I think that this game is going to be very, very similar to uh, the Falcons game. In Lambeau, it's going to be a little bit of that that beautiful Lambeau weather, uh, and it, it's just a game that you just feel like is in hand. And um, Jair, I know he was questionable at, at times this week, but I think he'll come out and take care of Shark, which I'm going to discuss. The fact that I called him Clark and I didn't call him Shark, I think, is a win uh, for this podcast. <laughs> uh, but my MVP Who? is actually going to be uh, – is going to be Aaron Jones. I think that last week he proved that he's he's getting to where he needs to be, and he just seems like that kind of guy that you hold him out for a, for an injury, and he's just chomping at the bit, chomping at the bit, chomping at the bit. So if we can let him loose both in receiving and rushing, I think he's just going to absolutely roll this week. Um, the easy answer, and it's like minus five billion at Vegas, is Adams goes for uh, mm-hmm. an enormous amount, <laughs> but yeah. but I do think that. Jacksonville will put up some points. I don't think they're that horrible, uh, but I just think it's a comfortable knock-on-wood win for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, watch for Tanyan this week, too. I think he's going to have some numbers. I hope projected like eight (laughs) touchdowns for the offense. Yeah. Everybody scores. Touchdown for you. Touchdown for you. Touchdown for you. (laughs) So that will do it for this episode. I I hope uh, that the second half goes as well as the first half or not better. Uh, 12 and 4 or better would would be good in my book. But until then, we'll catch everybody next week. Go back up.